everybody. <laughs> Sunday, September 25th. <clears throat> we didn't get a day to sleep on it. We got Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Three days to sleep on it. My name is Billy Ray Mitchell. I am here in Westwood, New Jersey for the first time in a long time. I haven't been here in a while. And then we got Pat Finn, Pat President's Cup Pat uh, in Hello. Charlotte, North Carolina. How was it yesterday, Pat? President's Cup was great. Shout out to the uh, the the city of Charlotte for hosting at Quail Hollow. Had a ton of fun down there. Great way to, uh, I got to tell you, it was a perfect weekend for it because we didn't play yesterday. Um, So it was like, Hey, let's, let's unplug from college football for a little bit, follow some scores on our phones, but uh, you know, let's watch Justin Thomas and Spieth and Scotty and Cantlay and Shoffley and all the other guys. Hideki, Hideki Matsuyama beast. Um, no, it was awesome. It was a great time. And uh, I know it's actually still on right now, but uh, we're doing this and going to the Panthers game. So we should uh, we should we should make some moves here. Make haste, as people like to say. We're here to talk about the uh, West Virginia Mountaineers and Virginia Tech football contest that took place on Thursday. West Virginia came into Lane Stadium. Lane Stadium was awesome. It was rocking. It was rolling. It was a spectacle. It was an amazing crowd. Um and uh, West Virginia leaves and retains the Black Diamond Trophy with a final score of 33 to 10. Before we talk about that specifically, let's go ahead and uh, Pat, you have an announcement on reverbs, and then we have our hokey haikus. But first, as always, this podcast is brought to you by Main Street Pharmacy, your one stop shop. One stop shop. Say that three times fast for all your pharmaceutical needs all of your self-care needs, anything that you need. I went in, I grabbed a flag, hooked Mr. Cipolla up with a flag for his tailgate. Um, so go on down to Main Street Pharmacy, check him out. You are more than a number. You are indeed a neighbor. Now give us a uh, give us an update on the uh, on the voicemail and what what's going on there if nobody's heard of it before. Yeah, if any of you guys are solid verbal fans, they've been doing this for a long time. They do the reverbs where you essentially call in your reaction of – your favorite college football team and how they played on Saturday. You call in, you leave like a 15 second voicemail <laughs> and you're either on top of the world or you're, you know, um, just <laughs> the very much opposite of that. And uh, what we want to do is do something similar. We're going to call them the sundials. And uh, you know, so, so call our line. We're going to be putting it out on Twitter. So you guys know what to do, but um, hopefully we'll have these sundials set up for Carolina and uh, we'll have some good ones to read. So we'll, we'll play like our four or five or six or whatever, our favorite ones before every single episode that we record on Sundays for the sundials. More to come. More to come. And here we, we got a, a plethora of, uh, of hokey haikus here. I'll read the first two. First from Steve Bryce, Hendon shines, Nestor malls, Tavion scores, Hokies boil. I don't think that's a. I don't think that. I don't think any of these are haikus. Actually, the next one is. Uh, what was the first one, Pat? We had one, one, uh, one, one person who wrote in with a with a rhyme, and we kind of just let it through. And I think now they're just they're just all going to send in their poems, which is fine. I mean, let it fly. Let the creativity fly. We got uh, Steve Bryce. Roster on foo. Flags on fry. Twenty twenty two over. B ball time. <laughs> it's kind of a, kind of a rhyme. Main Street Farm has a real haiku. Looming mountain paths succumb not to despair, friends. 
embrace the journey. Wow. That's very uh, poetic. Wow. I feel like um, Ralph Waldo, Waldo Emer, Emerson, Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote that one. And then uh, I don't know who said this one. Um, fall has come again. VT is a football school, yet they still suck ass. Wow. Wow. <laughs> People are upset. Uh, um, we're going to get into the game here. And, uh, speaking of upset traffic makes me upset. Crowded places make me upset that aren't lane stadium. Uh, and long lines make me upset. You don't want to deal with those three things. Head on over to first and main where you can shop, you can eat, you can bowl, you can play, you can do all sorts of fun stuff over there. I had to head over there on game day. My buddy, Juwan Bushel Beatty was in from Michigan and um, he's a big dude. We were looking for some for some three X clothing. Um, had uh, had to run over there during game day. Parked right in the lot. Was able to head right into Alumni Hall and go ahead and get uh, and get him a big old sweater, big old maroon sweater. He looked um, good. It did. It looked fantastic, and it made it very easy to find him when I was sprinting over uh, <laughs> at the beginning of the game. Uh, but yeah, head on over, and for all of you that love Alumni Hall. If you let Alumni Hall know that the Sons of Saturday sent you, we have gotten the discount code back. We're sorry for the little lapse that that had, but 10% off everything in store if you go ahead and mention the Suns sent you. Or use Suns VT for 10% off of your order. Nice. Let's, talk about the, let's talk about the defense. Um, I think it's very easy to look at the final score and have a problem with the defense or look at the penalties and have a problem with the defense. A lot of the penalties were – egregious especially in that uh in that drive where we got them into a third down and a fourth down and just couldn't seem to to make a stop but if you want to talk about results this defense held west virginia to 16 points through three quarters which is about all you can ask they held west virginia to four of 13 on third down and through all of this they're on the field for nearly 40 minutes um they seemed like they were on the field for a long 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 time especially in that first half. So another thing that I wanted to point out, um, or I guess we could shift over here to the negatives. Our pass rush was deplorable. Absolutely no pass rush. JT Daniels had all the time in the world to make decisions. I think we had one sack and it was on that drive that ended up in a score because of uh, penalties towards the end of the game. Um, the other thing there were West Virginia continued to run tight end motion, power counter, pin and pull and very honestly we were dominated on both 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 points of the line of, both points of attack on the line of scrimmage whether it's on offense or defense um and our safeties and our linebackers were continuously put in positions where if they didn't make a shoelace tackle if they didn't fill a hole if they didn't get hands on the running back they were going to run for 40 or 50 yards into the end zone um so just an absolute dominant performance by West Virginia's front front five and their tight ends. But in terms of results, I can't ask a lot more of this defense against a high powered offense like West Virginia. I tried to tell everybody all week, this was not going to be a game that we're winning 13 to six. This is not going to be a game that we're going to win, you know, seven to three West Virginia is going to score points. And actually our defense played pretty damn well, given the circumstances in the first, uh, in, in the first three quarters. Yeah. I mean, other <clears throat> like so many thoughts, right. Um, <laughs> They forced the fumble early in the game when we have the seven to three lead. Uh, I believe Jalen Stroman forced the fumble. Dorian Strong recovered and had a really good first half. Other than that last drive that West Virginia had right before the half, which was definitely brutal. 
uh, for momentum. The fact that we were only down 13 to seven and a half. Uh, if you only give up 13 points to West Virginia at halftime, I'd say we're in pretty good shape, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had a, another remarkable third quarter as well. The red zone defense for this Virginia Tech uh, team was really, really, really solid mm-hmm. on Thursday night. Um, you know, they only gave up 26 points to West Virginia, who has a high-powered offense. You know, JT Daniels threw for a hair over 200 yards. Uh, you got to give your you got to tip your cap to see yards. Um, it seemed like the middle of the field was was open a lot for the West Virginia offense, but been saying it all season. Virginia Tech's defense is good enough to keep us in the game. Is Virginia Tech's offense good enough for us to win the game? And on Thursday night, it was not. Um, but again, you got to tip your cap to the guys on the D. Like Shamari Connor had a great game, 11 tackles. Taiwan Garbutt had four tackles in the sack. The lone sack. Uh, CJ McCray, he's been all over. He's been a, a super uh, surprising bright spot from this defensive line, number 56, CJ McCray. He had five tackles. Jaden Keller with seven tackles on Thursday night. Um, Dax, seven tackles as usual. Monsieur Peoples had uh, 1.5 tackles for loss. So, like, they played well enough to keep us in the game. The red zone defense was incredible. Like, uh, Casey Legg, I believe, the kicker for West mm-hmm. Virginia. Got to tip your cap to that guy as well. Outscored, um, us, outscored us by himself. Scored 12 yeah. points. <laughs> 12 yeah. to 10. Casey Legg beats Tech. But um, to be able to hold them so many times when they entered our territory early in the game, obviously it got away at the end, but, you know, the game was over at that point. We could not move the ball on offense. Um, Not enough pressure in the backfield. West Virginia had limited big plays. Like, they they had (laughs) – we were talking about the difference between chunk plays and big (laughs) plays earlier. But West Virginia had just long drives. They had uh, two drives that had 14 plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, in their scoring drives and they really just dominated time of possession and we're just figuring out how to get the ball down the field and how to have the ball in their hands for most mm-hmm. of the game they had their ball for had the ball for over 38 minutes on thursday so yeah go back and look at <clears throat> go back and just look at some of the runs that they had i mean their running backs their running backs were kind of doing whatever they wanted to they averaged five almost five yards per carry um and again this was these were runs that were literally a tackler away from running down the field untouched. Um, so I, I really can't give enough credit to our safeties and our linebackers. Um, and again, another, another football game where Dax Hallfield had a good, had a good game. Um, I, I hate that he was in a position. A lot of people are saying, Oh, he got burned in pass coverage. It's like, well, any linebacker would get burned by a, I, I don't know if it was a slot or a wide receiver. That's just a complete mismatch. You can't expect your middle linebacker to be able to keep up on a play like that. But um, I thought it was this was a very good game from our uh, from our safeties and our linebackers, and um, yeah, it's just at the end of the day, the line of scrimmage was a yard. We either were starting a yard backwards on offense or starting a yard, you know, down the field on defense. The West, the West Virginia front guys were just they were huge, they were nasty, they played hard, they played together. Um, it was a it was a hell of a performance and fist fight that they quite frankly, took to Virginia Tech uh, in two halves of the football game. Moving over to special teams, I mean, 
I, I can't sing Peter Moore's praises louder. Um, Peter, Peter Moore is amazing. Uh, he's one of the brighter spots on this team. We had that one, we had that one punt where it was a, a, a bad snap or somebody slipped or something and he still got it off and pinned it down the two yard line. It was our first punt. Um, <laughs> I believe it was our first punt, but then West Virginia had a 14-yard drive all the way down the field. Um, 14 play, yeah. That man, that was debilitating when we yeah. we pinned him at the two, and they just. <laughs> Let's see how long that drive was. That was, yeah, not was this the yeah the 92-yard drive? Yeah, 14 plays, 92 yards, seven minutes, six seconds. Yeah, their first scoring drive of the game. Held them to a field goal, though. I was literally mm-hmm. that whole drive. I was like, well, this is seven, and then when you get off the field with three, you're like, okay, that's a win. Um, any uh, any other notes on special teams? Will Ross. Will Ross. Yeah. Guy's automatic. Hasn't missed yet. Mm-hmm. Giving him a game ball later. Um, <laughs> the offense. We'll talk about the offense. Well, hold on. One last thing on special teams. <laughs> Our punt return unit may as well not line up. We should put everybody on the line of scrimmage and just say, go block the punt and not even try to return it. I know my problem in the Old Dominion game was that we didn't field the punt and we let it bounce for another 20 yards. Well, now all we do every single time is regardless of where the opposing team is on running down the field, we're fair catching it, and then that's it. We had uh, we logged zero punt returns uh, in this in this ball game. There were several times where we're calling for a fair catch and we may have 15 or 10 yards down the field to to make something happen. That's just a, a, a frustration point for me. Is um, we just continue to. I don't know if that's the scheme. I don't know if it's if it's nerves or, or whatever it is. But man, we got to find a way to make something happen on punt, especially with an offense that just can't move the ball. So that that's my one nitpick on our on our special teams unit. Um, Want to shift it over to uh, offense here? Let's shift it over to offense. Let's talk about it. Um, <laughs> it's embarrassing on so many different levels. I I just I I don't really know where to start. Um, We'll start where I thought we would have to start this week, which is the offensive line. It just has no ability to get any push to the line of scrimmage. Um, this is not just a, oh, my gosh, look how look how our offensive line is performing this week. What a glaring issue. No. We get dominated at the point of attack against every opponent. This is a problem against Wofford. This is a problem against Old Dominion. We also found out this week that Boston College is cheeks. Boston College is horrible. So bad. Um but every single game, the situation is the line of scrimmage is a yard backwards. Or if we're handing the ball off, Keyshawn King, Jalen Holston, or whoever is running the ball has the prerequisite, pre-requirement of them to make somebody miss in the backfield. Why? Is it because it's a zone read? No, because somebody is just going to completely whiff and not block somebody. And then they're going to have to make one man miss before they even think about getting downfield. It is so frustrating. It is it is so bad. Um, and I, I think this is just something we are going to have to deal with moving forward. Um, it was not the sack fest that I assumed that it would be. I believe West Virginia had, they did, they had one sack and five quarterback carries. So we did okay in the pass blocking. The pass, the pass pros good serviceable, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I, I just, you're not going to be Peter able to Wells do anything. Peter Wells is not running for his life every other play. That's true. That's true. Um, but it is. I mean, Virginia Tech rushed for 35 yards. It is just not. 
it's just it is just not good the the run game I, I, and the offensive line play right now. So I, I'll move on from that. But that is that is an issue that needs to be addressed in the portal in recruiting. However, that we need however we need to do it. And again, this isn't me pointing the finger at, at Joe Rudolph or anything. He has a track record. It's it's pretty obvious that he knows what he's doing. But man, this is this is the worst offensive line play we've seen in. And as long as I can remember, certainly. Yeah. And and Pat, your timeline goes back longer than mine. Um, yeah. The, um, it just seems like every single running play is into Johnny Jordan's back. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. without a doubt. No wrong. I said that because I have, I I have a couple nitpicks here. So I want to talk about the offensive scheme. Um, I just have. I'm having trouble understanding what the plan is game to game, play to play, drive to drive. Um, We go against West Virginia. And in my opinion, we're going to have to steal points and we're going to have to get creative. And almost the blueprint, the blueprint that tech was going to win this game, in my opinion, was going to be under a similar blueprint that we beat North Carolina last year. North Carolina and West Virginia both had way more offensive talent than we had. They had more speed. They had more playmakers. They had everything that you could want on the offense. And the goal here is to have sustained drives that end in some sort of type of points. I didn't see any creativity. I didn't see any tricks or any gadget plays when the game started to get out of hand or when we needed to press a little bit. Um, the Oh, my gosh. The third to last possession at halftime, and we, we'll talk about discipline here in this podcast as well, you get a false start. Okay. And you're in like kill the clock mode. You're in like, okay, we got about seven minutes left. Let's make sure that we get the clock down so West Virginia doesn't see the football again. And we can, you know, go into halftime feeling pretty good about ourselves. False start. Okay. You move the ball back five yards. You talk about it forever, 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 forever. And then you get an, uh, you get a delay of game on that same exact 60 second. That can't happen. That's actually impossible. Like you can't, you cannot go from having a, de- a, a false start to a delay of game, you're calling a play and you're running it. So, so frustrating. Um, a tale of two halves from the receiving core. I thought in the first half we did a really good job of like the uh, – I turned to you and told you this, Pat, like midway through the second quarter. We were doing a good job of these little possession catches, whether it's Caleb Smith going over the middle, Gallo over in the flat, um, these little five- or ten-yard dink and dunk passes. We were doing a good job with that, and that completely disappeared from the game plan in the second half. I'm not sure if Caleb Smith was hurt after halftime, but still the attacking of the middle of the field seemed to seemed to disappear. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll stop talking for a second. I'd love to get your thoughts on this. But uh, the one last thing that I want to mention off of you saying the running backs running directly into the back of, of Johnny Jordan is there is a complete and utter refusal to run the football or toss the football east and west. Um, all offseason, um, from everybody in the program, out of the program, observers, fans, whatever. Trash in the jet sweep, trash in the jet sweep, <laughs> trash in the jet sweep. I get it. Like, I understand. You know, We can look back at the analytics, and you'll see that it's one of the most productive plays that we ran, ran all of last year, but I get it. Like, we wanted to do it a little bit different. We had, wanted to have a different offensive identity. But it's almost to the point where this is almost like a joke on it because we refuse to run it ever. We refuse to run it ever. We have athletes like Keyshawn King, athletes like Jaden Blue, 
the challenge has been getting them the football with Keyshawn King. It's there's a guy in the backfield immediately with Jaden blue. It's we can't throw the football to him into his hands to where you can then make a play. You are not going to be able to develop an inside run game or develop a passing game. If you are not moving the linebackers out of the box and moving the linebackers out of the box happens with motions. It happens with sweeps. It happens with needing to adjust. I, I really, it's almost like we're, we're, we have like this rule where we're not allowed to run anything to the outside edges. Are you noticing that Pat? Every single, you don't have to know football to realize that every single time we run the ball, it is in the middle of eight to nine people in the box every single time. Without fail. Well, I guess with fail. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the Keyshawn King touchdown against Boston college, he ran to the outside and it was the longest run from scrimmage all year. Mm-hmm. And we've seen really none of it. I mean, even here and there, we've seen it from Blumrick and Daywan Lofton maybe two or three times this year. I think both of those, there was pre-snap motion, uh, and they'd come from the far side and then run to the short side of the field, which was was kind of always the it handcuffed us a lot in the Fuente era when we would run a jet sweep to the short side of the field. When we didn't do it, it usually did pick up, you know, eight or nine yards most of the time, but the almost is neglection a word neglecting the East West in any way, shape or form. Like you need to have East West in your pocket. It needs to be on film. It needs to be something that a linebacker is thinking about. If you're handing the ball off and it's going to the same three holes. And again, even if you run it to the short end of the field, you're making the, it's not always about getting eight to 10 plays uh, to eight to 10 yards in every single play. It's about making the linebackers and making the second line of the defense have to honor certain stuff. Mm -hmm. And without running it ever, they are just eliminating that from what they, what potential outcome they could see or what they need to be responsible for. It's so frustrating. Um, and I hope that we're able to pick it. It's just gotten to the point where I, I don't know what we're doing and what we're working to set up. I don't see a play and I say, oh, that's set up nicely from three plays ago. It literally just seems like we're kind of grasping at straws, again, in terms of like getting lined up correctly, um, knowing where everybody is going. We just look like a uh, – it just it just doesn't – it's like that uh, – it's like a lawnmower that you have to crank for 20 minutes before you get it started. And then it stops sometimes in the middle of the yard. And then the oil's leaking everywhere. It just, it's, it's kind of, I don't know why that was the reference that I went for, but that's literally <laughs> what it looks like to me. 228 uh, yards of total offense. This is from the late hits from Bill Roth. He says tech held to 35 rushing yards was the 11th lowest in school history and the lowest since nine yards against Pitt in 2015. Uh, that was a tough moment pit 2015 that was always my this is this needs to be coach beamer's last year moment when we had nine rushing yards in the rain against pittsburgh at home um so that was brutal Uh, a couple more notes that i have here um caleb smith when he is in the game and when we are throwing the ball to him he is extremely effective he makes plays yeah no he is a playmaker thank you yes (laughs) <laughs> um, I, don't know, I don't know who the ball was intended for on our scoring drive, but it bob, it hit off their hands and Caleb Smith, you know, Johnny on the spot um, catches the deflected pass and then, you know, goes for 20 plus yards for a first down. 
that was huge for momentum. And then he scores on a uh, 28 yard touchdown pass from Grant Wells, which was awesome. By the way, that was a uh, incredibly acrobatic catch that he made in the corner of the end zone. Um, Jaden blue cannot let the ball hit him in the face. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> like those are things that just cannot happen. Yeah. You know, in the third quarter of a, of a tight game, that was just, oh, that was really, really tough. Um, yeah. Grant put it right on the spot. Grant Wells is definitely having some issues getting past that first read. Um, you know, it's been stare down mode. And then if the first guy isn't open, we're not getting much out of Grant. Well, let's, let's talk about Grant Grant for a second. Um, a couple of things that I want to mention, I turned to you at halftime or maybe like halfway through the second quarter. And this is literally how I felt. I was like, we are literally winning this game by mistake and we are likely to get blown out in the second half. And the reason that I said that was in the first half, we were given about three or four different opportunities to have explosive plays. These are, I, I, these are literally wide receivers running down the field, wide open, completely naked. You, you throw the ball anywhere in the general facility vicinity of them. They are walking into the end zone, holding up the peace sign and everybody in the North end zone or South end zone is going crazy. Um, I've said it before. Grant Wells has arm talent. That is true. But anytime it's 20 yard passes down the field and guys are wide open, he's almost looking to throw it on a rope or throw it directly to the guy and hit him in stride. When in reality, one of the aspects I'm going to hit you with a, a, a mild throwback. One of the aspects that I really enjoyed about Josh Jackson's game was he's never trying to lead Cam Phillips into the end zone or throw a, you know, throw it to him where he hits him in stride. He would, get back in the pocket, he would throw it up and allow the receiver to run under it. It allows you for more uh, more margin for error, and it gives your receivers an opportunity to go up and get it. Um, but in the end of the day, you can simply not miss these opportunities. West Virginia was doing something wrong in their secondary. I couldn't exactly pinpoint, but it was. But there were four or five opportunities where receivers are scot-free running down the sideline, and we miss them. And you have to realize that those are things as soon as West Virginia goes in the locker room, they're going to get their guys together and make an adjustment. And those aren't going to be available. And in a football game where points were going to come at a premium and our defense was playing really, really well, you simply can't miss opportunities to convert on that. So I don't, uh, huh, I, I don't Gotta know give to go from here. Yeah. That was a great throwback to, uh, to Josh Jackson and Cam Phillips. You think about that West Virginia game, how he would just, just kind of lob it up and give his yeah. guy a chance to make a play. You know? But it's not always about like throwing it up and then he needs to moss them. These are guys that have mm-hmm. 15 yards worth of room. You don't have to get it to him immediately. Give him a second to run under it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we had an opportunity to have probably close to 250, 300 yards of passing in the first half. Christian Moss running down the field wide open, Jaden Blue, Caleb Smith. Um, there, there was plenty and plenty and plenty of opportunity. And um, now that I'm thinking about it, Pat, you're right. Like the offensive line was giving him enough time to get it done. I do want to say this. Um, I don't necessarily know where I stand on the quote unquote quarterback situ, uh, quarterback competition situation or whatever, because again, it goes so much deeper than just quarterback play. It's running back play. It's offensive line play. It's inconsistency at the wide receiver position from a health and availability perspective. I will say this. If you make a change of quarterback, I want you to play somebody young. 
I want you to play somebody who's going to be in the program next year. I want to see somebody who we can build by. Um, because at the end of the day, this season is a tremendous opportunity for young guys to get experience and get ready for, for next year. Pat, do you have any thoughts on the quarterback situation? Oh man. I, I want to, I want to hold my reservations until after Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think hold my reservations, hold my thoughts okay. um, because that's going to be opportunity where, Hey, the coastal is still what we're fighting for right now. First place. For, we are in sole possession of first place in the Coastal. I'm not mistaken, yeah. which is just a uh, an indictment on the Coastal division. But Carolina's defense is so bad. Um, you know, can we? Yeah, I guess I don't want to call it the last chance, but um, if we don't see improvement, then that's where we should probably be turning to other guys in the quarterback room. Um, um, Carolina's defense is giving up. 307 passing yards a game. I'm sorry. They're giving up 278 passing yards a game, 216 rushing yards a game, 39 and a half points per game. They are surrendering. This is a horrible defense. They're surrendering over 507 yards on defense per contest. And it's not due to a lack of talent. Not due to lack of talent. (laughs) We can talk about that more in the Carolina preview. Tech's offense 337 yards a game. That's good for 187th in college football. 218 passing yards a game, 147th in college football. 112 rushing yards per game. This is really the uh, the eyesore stat. 112 rushing yards per game is tied for 198th overall. 20.3 points per game is 115th. And third down, uh, third down conversion percentage is tied for 128th in the country at 33 Point three percent. All those, all those numbers need to get better. Mm-hmm. Need to get better. Um, speaking of need to get better, let's move on to to our out to lunch segment here. That is brought to you by Roots Roots Natural Kitchen. Look, I was in Blacksburg. Typically, you know, I'm, I'm eating unhealthy. I'm making poor decisions. Not when there's a Roots in town. Head on over to Roots Natural Kitchen. It's right over by. How would you describe that area, Pat? Over by the. Uh, over it's by, by it's kind of by UCB over by the inn at Virginia Tech. McCallisters, the, the Chipotle, mm-hmm. Prices mm-hmm. Fork, Roots Natural Kitchen. Download the Roots app. Watch our Roots videos. We got Sean Padula. Yeah. We got Hunter Couture, Dax. Uh, we've had some fun Roots videos. We got some fun ones coming up too. But download the Roots app. Use, use code uh, hashtag or not hashtag. Use code in all caps beat UNC for 20% off your order in the roots app when you go to roots this week what was your roots out to lunch of the week here bill my out to lunch was my out to lunch was i was it was almost like the video of me uh in lane stadium trying to get the wave to stop because everybody was so fired up it's fourth and one we just get a turnover set you know seven to uh seven to three i believe the score is at the time and we got the ball on the uh on the 18 yard line uh first of all Keyshawn king steps out inches short of the first down line and it's fourth down and I'm screaming field goal. Got to take the points. Got to take the points. Everybody in there. No, nah, man, no, nah, we got to do this. This is the right. No, <laughs> you just got to turn over defense is playing lights out. You got to take the points here. And this is a free possession. This is a free possession. 
This is a free opportunity to guarantee, basically guarantee yourself an opportunity to go in at halftime winning this football game. We Not only, not only do we step out a yard short, but we decide we're going to go for it, okay? We decide we're going to go for it, and we try to line up. We don't line up fast enough, so we need to burn a timeout. Okay, I'm going to burn a timeout. I see Will Ross run on the field. He's doing some leg stretches. He's doing some swings. I'm like, okay, okay. I think we're going to kick a field goal here. I think we're going to, I think we're going to make our, make our, make, uh, make the right decision. Lo and behold, after the timeout, we trot our offense back on the field. I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my God. Okay. But at least they had, you know, basically two and a half minutes to think about what they wanted to run. So surely we're going to come out here and we're going to run something, something good. We're going to see some East and West. We're going to see a little bubble. We're going to see a little, you know, something uh, creative. That's not what we saw. We saw the Tech offense line up in shotgun. We saw them line up in shotgun with Jalen Holston on his hip. And we saw us run quarterback dive in the box when West Virginia has eight guys in the box and we have six. Gain of zero, West Virginia ball. That was so bad. The decision to go for it was bad. The play call that you decided to run was double was a, a, egregious, um, and again, it just goes to show. Like I, I like being aggressive. I like aggressive play calling. I like going out and trying to take the game. But in a game like this, where you have a high powered offense going against a good defense, like from momentum purposes, you have to find points in a situation like that. If you are gifted a turnover, you have to find points. Um, and I thought that was a a huge huge turning point in the football game. That. I think from a from the decision to go for it, our fourth down percentage this year has got to be below twenty five percent. I know statistically on a fourth and one in that situation, analytics or whatever will tell you to go for it. Uh, analytics hasn't seen our offensive line. I don't it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's like you can't you know phone the analytics booth and they say go for it and then. <laughs> run it up the gut with your quarterback. You don't have Cam Newton or Tim Tebow or Logan Thomas as your quarterback who's going to get you that extra yard. Quincy Patterson is not, you know, the guy lining up. I don't think they would have been able to do it either. You're eight on six. There are two extra hats for West Virginia to 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 make a play here. It just, it, there was no, there was no, that play did not have a chance from Jump Street. No chance. I, so, yeah, like you said, I like the aggressive play. Not, I, not like I said. I don't. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I, I, I like being saying. aggressive. Is okay, I mean. okay. I like being aggressive because mm-hmm. I don't know. It's the what if game. Mm-hmm. But I wonder. We. I feel like we're always going for it on fourth and one. We are every we're, time. We're, it seems we're like running it up gut, and it's going up the gut every single time. And everyone in Lane Stadium and the two million people watching on TV know what's happening. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, since this is year one, it's just, you know what? Year one, let's take risks. And you look, you're looking at me like I, I mean, can we take, can we take, can we take risks? I just like, I, I don't know what bigger sample size we need to understand that this offensive line is not the type of offensive line that is going to get in a three point stance and run over the person in front of them. That's not what we're going to do. It's not what we're going to do. We haven't done it against Wofford. We haven't done it against Old Dominion. We haven't done it against Boston College. We just didn't do it against West Virginia. Like, I'm down to take risks. I'm if not they, down. If they are backed by 
reasons. And, yeah. Uh, and if you're going to take a risk, don't try the same thing over and over and over again when it's not working. It is exactly. actually insanity. Exactly. Um, so, so <laughs> sorry. I'll jump into my out to lunch. My out to lunch. We were eating bananas. We were eating lemons. Eating penalty lemons. flags. A lot oh. of yellow. I said I don't like yellow in Lane Stadium, seeing all the gold uh, West Virginia shirts. It also has to do with penalties, 15 penalties. Here's some more Bill Roth late hits for you. The 132 penalty yards was the second most in Virginia Tech history, most since 143 versus Florida State in the 2005 ACC title game. 15 15 penalties ties for the second most ever. And then West Virginia had eight first downs by penalties, including four that negated a third or fourth down stop. Two of those were – in that touchdown drive that West Virginia scored, one of them was the hands to the face by Pollard. The other one was the uh, late hit by Dax. Hated all of those. The late hit was on like a fourth and five, and the hands to the face was on a third and 14. And once we got the hands to the face, you knew that the game was over. Yeah, cooked. There was, there was no coming back. The defense had been on the field for what seemed like an hour straight. At that yeah. point, it was the longest drive of all time, it seemed like. But it's just to say, too, like, we had 15 penalties. West Virginia had eight first downs by penalties. So more of the penalties were actually on the defensive side of the ball. The defense is keeping us in these games, but you know, they also have some serious room to improve uh, because they're putting, they're putting themselves in situations that are not going to be beneficial to, uh, to anyone on the Virginia tech side. So that is my out to lunch. That is what needs to stop. Yeah. Uh, moving right along. I, I like coming up with segment names, so I just named this one, but I really just wanted to share a statistic with everybody. Um, in two losses, this is called the Mitchell's mind numbing numbers segment. Um, the, the number that I have, uh, that I am presenting to you today are in two losses. Virginia tech has 30 penalties for 238 yards. Penalties, lack of knowing what to do. Lack of understanding, lack of discipline has nothing to do with talent. Um, That, to me, coupled with recruiting, are the two biggest concerns for this staff immediately. Are lack of discipline, lack of knowing what to do, lack of understanding assignments across the board. Across the board. Our defense played great. Our defense played great in between – you know, in between the lines, but we can't have these, these drive extending penalties and these, in these, you know, I think we had a, a legal substitution and just bad. We, we got, you got iron, you got iron this stuff out. Um, cannot have 30 penalties for 238 yards. The good thing is that if you iron these things out, you can be more competitive in football games. You might win some games. You might win some games and you might make, Happy Sons of Saturday podcast on the Sunday yeah. after game day. <laughs> the good thing is that these are fixable things. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that is that's true. That is true. Here, here are my uh, mind-numbing numbers. 14, we had 14 first downs. That's not a lot of first downs. A lot of that can be attributed to having the ball for only 21 minutes, and we only had 228 offensive yards. Those are some numbers that – Give me that, and I'll tell you that we did not win. <laughs> we also averaged 1.9 yards per rush and finished with a uh, uh, breathtaking 35 yards of rushing. And that a couple of those are from like a, I think we had like a garbage time run by Grant Wells and a garbage time run by 
Jalen Holston, but like, we were looking like Boston College's run game against us. Yeah, so just not All good. Right. Game ball, CMG leasing, our friends. We love CMG leasing. If you're a student, you love CMG leasing because of the t-shirts that they gave out at the game. I'm Billy's wearing it. Right I'm wearing now. it. Throwback night. Those are cool. It's like a what kind of, what kind of orange would you describe that as? So this this is like the uh, and for those of you listening saying why are you guys talking like you can't see it? Well, you can head on over to our YouTube, subscribe, like the video. Um, but no, this is like that orangey sherbet thing. It's yeah. not our orange, but it's a it's a fun orange. I like it. It's not traffic cone or no, it's not burnt either. All right. Um, so they gave out ten thousand t-shirts. The students look great. They did uh, as they always do. And the student section. Check out the Edge Apartments this year. They are accepting applications for 2023 and 2024. So that's next year. The Edge is right across from Virginia Tech campus. It has utilities baked in. It has your furnishing needs baked in. You know, you don't have to go over to Bob's Discount Furniture. Who's the guy from the commercials? Is it Bob? Bob. It is Bob. You don't yeah. have to go over to Bob's. You know, um, it's it's baked in. Your your heating, your cooling, the other utilities already in there. Uh, apply today, vtcampusedge.com. Text VT Edge to 540-202-1638. A nice walk from campus, a nice walk from downtown, a beautiful pool, a weight room. Live at the edge. CMG Leasing is the exclusive student housing partner of Virginia Tech football. Billy Ray, your game ball goes to. My game ball goes to Doug Nestor. Um, I had uh, that guy had an absolutely dominant performance. He was the highest graded offensive lineman on the entire team. He had an 80, I think it was like an 80.8 blocking, uh, blocking grade. Um, we had a couple of people, I guess I'll lump this into an out to lunch thing. Um, I just, but yeah, I just want to say Doug Nestor played his, his absolute tail off and what must've been a very emotional game for him to play in. Um, so, you know, hats off to him. He'll be playing on Sunday. Uh, to lump this into the out to lunch thing, um, we had a couple of fans in our sections who were just screaming, screaming, Doug Nestor sucks. Doug Nestor sucks. Doug Nestor, you suck. And, you know, <laughs> just I'm just watching him absolutely ragdoll everybody on our defense. I got to tell you, never has anyone unless Pat, what is your rule for yelling at players? I, I like, I like your, your, your yell at players rule. It's like my, seniors need to find it funny. What is it? My yell at my yell at players rule is that I only say it if I think that the older gentleman sitting next to me will think it's funny. Otherwise yes. I'm just being a nuisance to everyone in my section. Exactly. I want, so, I want the old guy sitting next to me to, to kind of crack a smile, you know? Yeah. And maybe even the guy cracks a smile. There was this, <laughs> There's this guy who must have weighed 160 pounds soaking wet, and he's screaming at uh, at number eight for West Virginia, and he just looks like a complete idiot. I mean, if 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 they were to go down there and have a little, uh, I wish that that players could call for a bull in the ring situation where they say, "Yo, this guy in the stands has been chirping me all game. You see him, Mister Officer? Can you let him down real quick? Bring him to the 50 yard line, have him tag each other up a little bit." get the fan out in a hospital stretcher, and then we can continue to play the football game. Uh, don't be that guy. You look like an idiot. It's not a good look, but yeah, long story short, game ball goes to Doug Nestor. Um, and I'll go ahead. If I have to give one to a tech player, I'll give it to Peter Moore. Peter Moore's great. Peter Moore Peter. Is the best player on the team. So uh, great job, Peter Moore. Uh, I'm going to zag you. Will Ross 
is getting a game ball for me. One nice. for one. Uh, also made his extra point. 44-yarder. Will Ross is four for four this year on kicks over 40 yards. He's having so? a great year. Another game ball goes to Caleb Smith for his athletic TD catch. Uh, he had a career-high 70 yards uh, through the air on five catches. That was really it from the uh, bright spots from the offense on Thursday. I also want to give a game ball to the Coastal Division for keeping it interesting <laughs> after a horrible Thursday night performance. The Coastal is still open. As we say every year as the calendar flips to October, the Coastal Division is wide open. We can still win the Coastal. We control our own destiny. Like These these are the, the conversations that, that get me up in the morning and uh, – you know, enable me to put gas in my car to drive to Chapel Hill on Saturday. <laughs> Miami got crushed by Middle Tennessee. Crushed! Carolina got crushed by Notre Dame, which I loved because I was <laughs> chirping at Carolina fans <laughs> over the past three or four days. So they're going to be hearing it from me all week because I cannot stand University of North Carolina. Georgia Tech lost to uh, UCF. Duke lost to Kansas. University of Virginia lost to Syracuse on Friday night. Syracuse is good, by the way. For any of you wondering, Syracuse is a good football They team. are good. Um, Derek Schrader didn't play his best, though, but uh, they do have Sean Tucker. Pitt is the leader in the clubhouse right now. Pitt has a target on their backs right now because they really have no glaring deficiencies. They have a nice win over West Virginia. Their only loss is definitely a quality loss. It was to Tennessee. In overtime, shout out to my guy, Tristan, Tristan Raish, talking about the Coastal Division. It's been one of the few constants in my life over the past few years. An unwavering, unshakable source of comfort through this crazy world. God bless the Coastal Division. Yes. I'm with I'm with you, dude. It's just, it is um, in a year where, you know, I went into it and I was like, hey, like we should really try to put our best foot forward here with the ACC. This is a, this is a big, uh, this is, this is a big moment for the ACC to go ahead and make, uh, and make, and make some noise here. And the ACC is just, I mean, continuously punching itself in the face. It's just not, it's just not what you're looking for. Um, can we talk about some stuff that isn't football for a second? And by the way, I mean, it's always funny how we, we have a podcast like this. It's actually usually way more than once a year, but this is the first one where we got on with just complete, and utter, uh, and utter despair. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and, uh, and talk about the football game, uh, but stuff that didn't include football. So the basketball team got to soak in a special moment, which was an absolute fever dream of a season last year, winning the ACC. Place went bananas. What a special and awesome moment. I know that they had some big-time recruits in town, which is awesome, uh, and everybody got to really celebrate what was one of the greater moments in Virginia Tech sports history in winning the ACC. Crowd was absolutely unbelievable. Again, the student section completely packed up to, you know, an over an hour before kickoff. I, I believe everybody, my little, my little group went in there about an hour and 15 minutes before kick. Um, just completely packed. Awesome, awesome, awesome showing. Uh, and Justin Mutz, that guy's a national cheddar. What an amazing representative of Virginia Tech. What an amazing moment for him to get up there. He seems like a complete natural taking the microphone, getting up there, leading the let's go Hokies chant. It was just, it was just awesome. Um, but again, it leads me to this conversation that nobody likes to have. And it's every single time 
that there's a big game like this, the fan base shows out and it's awesome. And while I disagree with the sentiment because we would have nothing to show recruits, I got home uh, two nights ago. And uh, first thing, first thing my pops wants to say, and Pat, give me your thoughts on this. He goes, you know what, you guys, I think you guys just got to stop doing the entrance and don't do it until you guys earn it. Like, it's just, (laughs) it's just like you do this awesome entrance, you know, it's badass. It's intimidating. It's, you know, you're running out there and then you guys suck. And then that's, and then that's it. And that's so true. And it's so upsetting because the events team and the, and everybody else does such a great job putting on this amazing spectacle over and over and over again. Everybody gets in their Hyundai, their Tesla, their Jeep or whatever, and drives down to campus. They show up, they're loud, they're proud, they're awesome. And just can't find a way to win these games. And it's so depressing and so upsetting. Um, But that's, uh, that's it for me. It's a take. It's definitely a take. You got to keep, you got to keep understanding. No, I know. Yeah. But it's, yeah, but the point, it, 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 it has to be a punchline. It's I mean, a natural I don't, punchline. I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know how you get folks to come to the games if you don't have a, that production. Exactly. You know? Like mm-hmm. um, it's unlike anything else in college football. You got to yeah. have it. You got to do it. The recruits love it. The basketball recruits love it. You know, mm-hmm. the students, students pack the stadium an hour before kickoff because they want to be there for enter Sandman. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how you build culture. That's how you build a, a true identity of I'm a Virginia tech fan. This is really important to me. Um, so, you know, obviously we, I wish we had to earn it too, or I wish we had some other things that we could earn, but um, it is tough. Justin Mutz, you're right about that. Like Justin Mutz is a guy who is so enamored by this fan base He's like a Dax Hollifield. He's like a Justin Robinson, um, you know, Hunter Couture, I think the same way. Like you get guys who just really just embrace Virginia Tech and we embrace them right back. And Justin Mutz has probably done that <laughs> maybe more than anyone who's ever come through Virginia Tech. That might be a, uh, a stretch, but as far as Hokies who are just beloved. An OKG, dude. An absolute – just a guy who loves Blacksburg. He's a guy. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor, I think, is probably like has the highest approval rating of any Hokie of all time, in my opinion. I would love to do like a segment on this or like a, a letters from the lunch pail segment or some type of survey of, of who is, you know, who is the highest approval rating of all time among Virginia Tech athletes. But I know that Justin Mutz is probably very high on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, guys who just love Virginia Tech and stick around and Ed Williams brought to my attention this morning that Tech is ranked uh, number 43 in the Rothstein 45 for preseason basketball. I think we're a little better than that. I think Ed agrees with that. I think a lot of people agree with that. Um, I think we're better. Than <laughs> a that. lot of Hokie fans think we're better than that. I would agree with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, anywho, where do we go from here? Jimmy Blount wrote in a letter from the lunch field. Not to be obvious, where do we go from here? What do they have to put a focus on for us to have a chance in ACC play? Penalties. Penalties. Discipline. And figuring out how to score points. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Getting the ball in our playmakers' hands more. Mm-hmm. In space. Yeah. No, not just in their hands. Getting the ball to them in space. That's what needs to happen. I'm telling you, we got to see some of this East and West stuff. If we don't see any against North Carolina, I'm, I'm making, I'm making a, a uh, on, the, on the stink level, I'm making like a, a medium stink about it. I'm going to throw a, a serious stink about it if we don't see some East and West against against Carolina. And I'm telling you, Pat, you know me. I'm not doing this out of spite. 
You literally need to do it in order to have a successful offense. You cannot have a successful offense without doing any type of toss, speed, uh, sweep. You have to do some of it. I'm done talking about it now, but I will be making a large think about it if we don't see some of it next week. Listen, I am not a football expert in any (laughs) way, shape, or form. I have played Madden, and I have (laughs) played NCAA football. And I'm here to tell you, that the plays that I would hate running when I was on offense was an HB dive or an HB ISO or a QB draw or an (laughs) HB draw, anything that goes straight, I just wouldn't do it because it wouldn't get me what I wanted. And what I wanted was points. I understand that it needs to be part of the offense, but you need to move the ball to the outside in the Mm -hmm. run game. Mm -hmm. You need to go around the edge. Uh, I I just don't see I don't I don't see what we're missing there. Um, Pete Berthod, my man, my guy. He tweeted, "It's never as good as good as it seems, and it's never as bad as it seems." That is a Frank Beamer quote. He's right. We are in an instant gratification type world right now. We know that this is a rebuild. We know that they're are plenty of opportunities for us to get better over the next few years. I think, I think what's drawing most of the harshness is that the way, the way that we are losing these games, because things that are fixable and penalties is at the top of that list. If this team isn't penalized, we could be four and oh, at the very least we are three and one if we can clean that up. And that is, a discipline priority, and that is coaching. Um, so it's just like the way that we are losing is making this a lot more the sky is falling. And I appreciate Pete for bringing up that Beamer quote because he is absolutely right. You know, Beamer definitely saw the uh, the peaks and the valleys during his time at Tech, and uh, I'm with him there. So <laughs> stick with this team. They're going to frustrate you. We knew this. We knew that they were going to frustrate all of us. Uh, I think it's no secret. No, I agree. I Here think it's are. extremely important. I think it's extremely important to, to continue to show up, to continue to support this team. Um, I'm not saying that that was ever in question, um, but uh, yeah, just to stick with this team, continue to, we, we need environments like that for recruits to see, to, to want to come, come here and, and get a yard on fourth and one. And, you know, whatever we're done talking <laughs> we're moving on letters, letters from the lunch pail um parks talbot Does this guy own talbots it used to be an account of mine uh coach pry said uh we got we are going to be a team that can go out and get a yard when we need to why do we line up in shotgun in short yarded situation don't want to hear about being undersized or any of that well parks i'm not going to tell you we're undersized actually i am we are undersized but uh, no, I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand. I, I And again, I don't have as much of a problem as lining up in shotgun as I do lining up in shotgun if you're going to just run forward. If you want to line up in shotgun and do some sweep, do some toss, do some, you know, something different, fine. But to line up in shotgun to run four yards to try to get one extra yard makes not, I'm not a mathematician, um, but that just doesn't doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. Agree. Joe Rogers. How much of an impact will Malachi Thomas make when he returns? Malachi Thomas is going to make an impact when he returns, but 
if the offensive line is going to continue the path that they are on, then Malachi Thomas is not going to make the difference that I think all of us think he is going to make. I don't think it matters who you have back there. If you have Derrick Henry back there and we're not blocking anybody, like this is the the problem really has not been. I mean, I've voiced my frustration with some Jalen Holston carries and whatnot, but the problem has not been running back talent. It's been they literally are put in a position where they need to make somebody miss the beginning of every play. So I think I, I, I would, I would uh, manage my expectations on that. That being said, I know people are going to be really fired up when Malachi makes his return. Maybe that's this week at Carolina. Sean Kim, without being at practice and having knowledge of how our players practice, how would you call plays differently if you were Bowen? I think we need more running back and wide receiver screens and, of course, outside runs. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think we kind of talked about this already, but uh, leveraging, <laughs> leveraging East-West uh, is going to need to get into the game plan. Juice Herbert fan, why is the O-line solid in pass protection but bad in creating the run? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I have no idea. Uh, like you said, they're, they're, they're decent in pass protection. Also, another thing to keep in mind with pass protection, we don't really hold on to the ball. Like you said, Pat, like due to the nature of kind of like us looking at one receiver, we're really not getting, you know, taking five-step drops and hanging back there for a long time. But the pass protection has been good. The running gate run game has just been god awful. I don't really have a. Uh, I wish I had an answer for you, but I don't. Yeah. Uh, um, this guy, the keys asks, when are we going to see another quarterback? Will we see Jason Brown in action? Up to this point, why not? I think that's. I mean, Carolina is going to going to give you an opportunity to score points. I don't care who's playing quarterback next week. The quarterback should be able to get Virginia Tech in the end zone. That might be the barometer. You know, yeah. if, if we don't have anything going by halftime, it might be time to uh, to put in JB. I want to take this one. Um, <laughs> Patrick Bowers, how much longer does Hokie Nation need to be patient? The fans continue to show up just to be massively let down. What else do you want to do? I'm not just speaking to you, Patrick. This is not an <laughs> This is ever. What else do you want to do? Like, what when, when you say how much longer do we need to be patient, what's the, what's the, what's the opposite answer? Don't go to the games. Don't watch. Don't support. Like, I, I, I mean, I'm going to show up. If we lose every game for the rest of the season, I'm going to buy season tickets next year. I'm going to tune in next year. Um, the, this, the reality of the situation is, Pat, like you said, it's going to be a tough year. Um, but all off season, we were clamoring. We wanted to change. We wanted to change. We got to change. You're not going to win 10 years and 10 games in, in year one, even though I did predict it. You're not going to win. You're not going <laughs> to win 10 games in year one. A lot of people understood that this was the expectation. Um, but you know, I got into it with, with some folks about like what people are owed or like understanding, like, Hey, people need to know the fan base exists. Every person on this team loves this fan base. Every person on this team and the staff realizes how amazing the environment was. The reason that it's amazing is because of the fans who show up. But at the same standpoint, these guys are working their tails off to get better. This isn't a group like I didn't watch the game the other night and think that we quit. I thought that we were soft. I thought that we, you know, didn't really have a great plan to go out and win the game. But I don't think we have a team of quitters and a team of people who don't care. Um, I don't think that that's where we are. So, you know, I encourage everybody to continue to show up to Lane Stadium, continue people to talk about it, continue people to support their team because I love my school. And that's 
And I think everybody does. And I think that's what people will continue to do. You know, I, I, uh, I said this before last season, it's even more applicable this season. This is your opportunity to sharpen your tailgating skills <laughs> as if you're, as if you're the ones going in and practicing every day. Yeah. Um, because a breath of fresh air can make expectations a lot higher than they should be. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we're going to have fun with Enter Sandman and some of the in-game stuff. You might, and you very likely will, this season, leave Lane Stadium after a game frowning. I did last week. <laughs> um, to which I say, go back to July and think of what you thought of this program in July, knowing that this is going to be a challenging year. Would it be nice to overachieve just once? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it never happens. So I understand why patience is at is just waning and waning and waning because I feel like we're just waiting to overachieve one time, and it just doesn't happen. That being said, think about Coach Young. Again, basketball, football, this is apples and oranges, but that first year under Coach Young, it wasn't easy. We went out and beat Michigan State in Maui, and that was huge, and that was a sign of what potential could potentially arrive uh, in Blacksburg yep. and Castle. Um, but, you know, know that there were some, some, some lumps there, and that's just what's going to happen here. It's harder to rebuild in football, and you just got to continue to be patient, hang out with your friends on game day, Sharpen those tailgating skills, win the tailgate, because you know you might be frowning when you leave Lane Stadium. And that's kind of what we signed up for for 2022. 2023, it's going to be a different story. 2024, it's going to be a different story. Uh, and we're going to have a lot more data to be able to assess as far as how we think the, um, the tenure is going. But until then, I think we all kind of knew what was going to happen and we all had our optimistic hats on. And that's just how it has been. But I, uh, um, I like the question. Because it, it is tough on the emotions. You know, we are, we are going through it. I'm going to be honest. It is. Friday was – I was so sad on Friday, man. Dude, so it was a rough game. Rough day. <laughs> um, Sharky shout-outs. Shout-out really Kranick. Um, the crazy SOB drove – he had an overnight <laughs> shift. Uh, he's a cop in Jersey City. He left his overnight shift in New Jersey at like 11 o'clock on, uh, <laughs> on Wednesday night. Showed up to Blacksburg at like 5 in the morning. And uh, partied all day. So shout out to him, my buddy Juwan Bushel Beatty. He was a offensive lineman on my high school team. Came to, uh, went to Michigan. Came down for the game. So was really glad to see both of them. And I want to shout out all of you. Every year we get on here and we have a podcast after a loss. And it just, Pat, I got to say, it's not, um, it's not fun doing these. It's not. I think I said at least 50 times after the game, you know, I'm walking out of the stadium and everybody's like, you know, my joke has kind of been, they're like, man, this sucks. I'm so, nobody's more upset than me. I'm like, really? Cause I have to talk about it for, you know, an hour and 15 minutes on, on my Sunday, on the, on the Lord's day. I have to get on here and I have to relive it. Um, but uh, no, thanks for, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Um, Cause I know some of these are, these are tough. These are tough, but you got to talk about tough things. We're all a big family. Sometimes the water heater breaks and you got to, Nix the plans to get a pool in the backyard or sometimes the dog runs away and you know some families have to have tough talks these are our tough talks <laughs> wow <laughs> um 
<laughs> I want to give my Sharky shout out to all the folks who are going to uh, put on a brave face and go to the Carolina game. Mm. Should be fun. 3.30 here in uh, rain in the forecast. Could be another hurricane game. We'll see if Jake, uh, Drake May can continue his success through the air or if uh, we will put that to a halt like we did for Mitchell Trubisky in 2016. <laughs> um, I want to shout out my parents for making the trip down to Charlotte. Picked them up at noon on Thursday. We uh, made it up to Blacksburg in time for some tailgating, and then we came back on Friday night, went to the President's Cup yesterday. A lot of time with mom and dad. Shout out to you guys for doing that podcast last week. Shout out to Grayson and Billy Ray is what I mean by that. Thank you. And hosting uh, hosting Maddie and Steve Sladen from the Burning Couch. We owe them. They, we owe them something. Yeah. It was an interesting podcast. Um, yes. Some some vulgar stories were shared, and I was listening, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, yeah. should we have cut that out? <laughs> or like. You know, my job was on the floor. I was also laughing pretty hard because some of the stories were pretty funny. But I was yeah, just stay like, in mind. We always put the NSFW if you need the NSFW. So at the end of the day, I was suitable for work. <laughs> at the end of the, and that was not safe for work. Or at the end that, of the day, I was okay with it because it was very on brand with like West Virginia, I guess. And, for sure. You know, so, um, but are you giving us? Are you giving us your your grandfather, godfather blessing right now? I was okay with it because <laughs> no. not my no, I was not just, my dad. I was just saying. I was just. <laughs> I was just here expressing my thoughts on that podcast. It was interesting. It was an interesting pod. We had a couple of people write in, uh, you know, expressing their oh level concerned? of discomfort. Oh um, yeah, Jetta, oh, Travis. Oh, Dye. I was very uncomfortable, and so yeah. was Steve, and so was Steve Slayton, by the way. <laughs> um, but I know you and Gre- you and Grayson agreed to a bet. So what, what do you guys owe uh, the burning couch for? Yeah, I gotta send him. Um, I got a post from my Twitter that the Black Diamond Trophy belongs in West uh, in in Morgantown, which it does. They came to Blacksburg, they kicked our ass, they keep the trophy. That's how it works. I will say another add-on to out to lunch. Not playing this game every year. What a shame! What a shame this yes. game is not played every single year. And I I will add this: I did not have a single negative interaction with a West Virginia fan. Every single one was courteous. Every single one said that they enjoyed their game. Tried to go out of my way. I said, hey, you know, welcome to Blacksburg. Hope you guys had a great time. Um, and every single person was like, I, I love coming here. This is this is such an awesome event. This is such an awesome place to watch a football game. So um, shout out to the West Virginia fans. They were great, I thought. We'll be previewing Carolina this week with David Hale on Tuesday. Love shout that. out to – Everyone's favorite ACC writer, David Hale. I'm uh, actually going to text him right now and confirm that we're ready to ACC, go. ACC, well, that doesn't work for Sons of Saturday. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, so we're excited to do that. Subscribe to the newsletter at the bottom of the website, sonsofsaturday.com slash VT. Subscribe to the YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at VT. Follow us on Facebook, or I guess like us on Facebook. Uh, shout out to Will Trent, by the way, who takes phenomenal pictures. Nels did a great job on the field. Kyle Marchak, always doing great content for Sons of Saturday. There's there's so many folks that we need to thank and um, people that just do a great job. So just want to continue to uh, to harp on their incredible efforts. And uh, let's go ahead and, and win a football game on Saturday. Go Hokes! It's time to 
Time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. And all that she said is, Oh, I know just what you're thinking. Take a hit, it started to drag me in. 